Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. Again, I mean, we're just this follow me series is just one of these going, why change it? Because it's just hitting every important principle there is as a follower and believer in Jesus Christ. So we're going to hang here until we feel like we got to change the title. But for now, it's follow me. And there's so many aspects to following, you know, because it's living. And there's so many aspects to living our life, period. And uh, when it comes to living a life that is for Christ, it just adds another level of complexity to our lives. But man, it's worth it. And so. You know, last week we were just looking about the, the reality of who's in us, the Spirit of God, and how that's a game changer, and how when we say and confess that we are believers in Jesus Christ, what we are really confessing is that through Jesus Christ now we get to partake and be sharers of His nature. And that's huge news if you really think about it. That's a huge reality because what that says is it's not about you grinding it out in your own strength. It's the Lord Jesus himself saying, I'm going to send you a helper to help you walk according to the plans and purposes and the commands of God because it takes the divine nature to do it. It takes God's nature in us to be able to see differently, to hear differently to walk differently. It takes these things. And too often, I think we forget that this is a promise. And so when you are confident that the divine nature is within you and cannot be destroyed, it cannot be defeated because Jesus, God himself, through his Holy Spirit, dwells within you, that means no situation can overcome you. That means through difficulty, through all types of difficulty, that you could wake up and say, Lord, just help me deal with this today as you would deal with it. Because often we pray for it to go away. There's nothing wrong with praying for a situation to change, but often we, then we just kind of wait in a holding pattern instead of walking victoriously through it each day because we can. Doesn't mean we're you know, doing cartwheels and just full of joy, but where there's, there's a different type of joy that says, I can react and walk differently, and I know that no matter what happens, this is going to work out for my good because Jesus will be glorified, and I will grow through this as his spirit grows within me. And it's not even that the spirit is growing, it's your awareness of the spirit within you that is growing. That's huge news. Huge. It's got to be a game changer. But often I could see and sense, and even in my own life, we walk defeated as the world walks defeated. That our hope ultimately isn't in the Savior Jesus Christ in our lives and living for Him. We're living for the hope of a situation or a goal or something, and those things can be taken away from you. And you're left with nothing. But the hope of Jesus in us, the hope of him who lives in us is stronger and mightier than he is in the world, never changes. 
And so I'm just going to read to you a couple verses that we read last week. Just want to remind you of them. Romans 8, 5 says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now here is the tension in our lives. For to be carnally minded is what? What? Okay. It doesn't say death and disappointment or to be carnally minded is just, you know, not great. To be carnally minded is, you know, a little, uh, little disappointing, but yet, you know, you could survive. I mean, it doesn't qualify any of that. It says to be carnally minded is what? I'm just trying to, like, we minimize that because often, because we still have the choice, don't we? And carnally minded doesn't just mean we're just seeking to sin. Just give me some sin. (laughs) No, to be carnally minded is to, again, follow the instincts of self. To follow your own understanding. To jump back into how you used to think without the promises of God or the nature of God within you. Because you feel like there's a sense of control that you gain. Or there's a sense of comfort that you gain. But ultimately, that's producing death. So you're actually making the situation worse. But then he says this, but to be spiritually minded is what? It doesn't say some of the time. Like that is the benefit of having the divine nature, the spirit of God within us because it gives us a spiritual focus. We can't have it without the Holy Spirit. But as we focus our mind upon the things of God through his word, through prayer, through meditation upon his word, applying his word, meeting with other believers, encouraging one another, constantly and consistently seeking him, you see, there can be a sense of life and peace because, again, who is in you cannot be defeated. I have to admit, I don't experience life and peace every day. I have to admit... Some situations grab a hold of me, and I get angry, discouraged. Peace is the farthest thing away from me. So something in the equation is messed up. Guess who it's not? Jesus. Difficulty puts this to the test. But we have the option. We have the ability to choose him. And it takes work, right? So I figure this, and I'm not perfect, this is by any means, that when something's going on, it takes work to think about the worst scenario, and it takes work to think through it carnally. So might as well work also to work through it spiritually. Either way, you're working. One way just feels a little more natural, a little more like maybe empowering, that's where, you know, we could stumble. That's where we cease or stop resisting the enemy of our souls. One more verse, 2 Peter 1.3 says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to white. No, to white. To what? <laughs> Life. That's not just oxygen and food and water. It's for living All things that pertain to living each and every day, no matter what the circumstance, he provides you all things to get through it victoriously, where God is then glorified through the process in you. 
that there is really nothing to fear because in Christ, you see, he's overcome death. He's overcome the thing that all men and women fear. He's like, nah, uh Actually, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So we don't even have to worry about the worst case scenario because there is none. He has given us all things that pertain to life through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through them, these promises, you may be partakers, shares of the divine nature. Again, this is the reality of our lives in the trenches. And I guarantee we can quote scripture. Some of us have it memorized, man. We, you know, we, we, we can say all the right things and do all the right things. And when we gather, you know, we're, 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 as a team, as a, as a body, we're saying all the right things. But how entrenched is this truth in your life that when you are not surrounded by people, that you still have hope and you can maintain a spiritually minded life? Because this is where the church experience can be empty because this becomes what the Christian life is about. Going to church, getting your song on, listening, analyzing the sermon. Well, I didn't really do it for me. He didn't quite close the loop on that idea. And then the other way, I don't know about that. So we're going to have to, I don't know. And I mean, I've heard that a million times from him. I mean, you could, you know what I'm saying? This is what happens. And then we leave feeling like we did something. No, here we come together to be encouraged by one another, to be equipped. See, I can hand you like a hammer. Now, in real life, I couldn't really teach you how to use it. No, no, because no, I don't know. Because I don't know. No, she, no, oh my goodness, jeez. Here's the hammer, right? I could teach you how to do it, but ultimately I'm equipping you, but you got to go use the hammer. You have, to go, you have to go use these tools. You have to find the nature of God, divine nature. It says through these promises, right? Through the utilization of the tools of God, you experience the divine nature. I can't do it for you. I have to do it for myself, and that's hard enough. So, as you come into a time where the word is preached and hopefully there's an element of being equipped. Do you leave the hammer in the sanctuary? How much do you really believe that this is what it means to be a child of God and to be saved? Because the equipping, remember, equipped for the works of ministry. So, I'm going to read to you the definition of nature again. A mode of feeling and acting which by long habit has become nature, the sum of innate properties and powers by which one person differs from others. Distinctive native peculiarities, natural characteristics. By long habit. So each of us have our own nature. God has created us individually. All of us differ in some way. That's awesome. That, that's, that's a testament to the creativity of who our God is. That's a testament to how unique we are in terms of God said, I made you, you. And there is no other Russ. 
And there is a nature of me that differs from everybody else, and it goes for every one of you. Now, sometimes, but you got to remember, though, it says by long habit, some of our nature, a lot of our nature, has been birthed out of a separation from the nature of God, right? So by long habit, we have learned things and become someone that God ultimately does not, didn't really have in mind when he created us. So his divine nature cleans up stuff, right? It cleans it up a little bit. Not just a little bit, a lot. But more importantly, when we're together, see, that's why there's unity because we all share God's nature. We should. Because his nature is constant. It's what separates him from everything else. So there's a part of us and a part of him. The nature part of who we are is what God is after ultimately. If we can remember, he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son, right? In nature. That's the hope. And that process never stops. So with that, how's your nature today? (laughs) Did the old nature show up a lot this week? Or did God's nature show up a lot this week? You don't know, only you know. Are, are, do you even care about which nature showed up? Because it's really never even been part of your walk. And so I want to hit something today that's very important. Because this is a life like long It's a lifelong process. It really is. This sharing more and more in the nature of God, being conformed into the image of his son, you're being sanctified and set apart. It's a lifelong process. I think we all could probably admit that. None of us have reached it. And it's an important process. It's, it's the process that God is behind. It's why he sent his son. It's why Jesus came to this earth. It's why Jesus sacrificed himself so that we could have the hope of newness of life and eternal life. It's a process, and there is also another entity out there that is the counter, right? The counter to the process. He's got a process too. And that is to keep you in the old nature. That is to get you to glorify the old nature, We have to acknowledge that, that there is an enemy of our souls out there, and he's got a lot of help, and he has infused himself into the culture that propagates and promotes a lie that is the antithesis of the truth of God and his purposes, and that is that you matter more than anything, and when I say you matter more than anything, it means be who you are. Just be who you are. And that's separate from Jesus and the divine nature. It says, be carnal. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. And it is a spirit of lawlessness. 
It's a spirit that says there is no law against you. You are to be who you want to be at all costs because you matter and your understanding matter. Your feelings matter. Do what you want to do because in that is fulfillment and fulfillment of life. Your nature matters. And it sounds really appetizing. It does. There's a war. We have to be aware of it. We have to be discerners of the times of the end and of the last days. The word gives us all the characteristics of the times of the end, where the world is spinning out of control towards. It is a spirit of lawlessness. And once you remove the foundation of a moral code and truth, chaos ensues. And it's all done with people cheering and worshiping the idol of self. And it was the original sin. (laughs) And so we have to battle this every day because when trials come, when difficulties come, we can get fatigued, spiritually fatigued. Anybody else out there ever felt spiritually fatigued? It's all right to admit it. I felt it this week. And that's why I knew how to speak on it. Because I don't like using the excuse, but I'm human. (laughs) Spiritual fatigue is a reality, and our Father knew that because he wouldn't have inserted a million verses about perseverance. (laughs) Right? You don't need perseverance if you're not tired. The saying, you want to need perseverance if you don't get tired, right? This walk does come with difficulties. This is why we have to hold on to the truth of who we are in Jesus Christ. Because we're inundated with what the world says and what the enemy says and what the lie of the invisible entities and powers and authorities and principalities are speaking to the culture, whispering in the ear of culture, making it a mainstream concept that we could easily bite upon. So we have to constantly remind ourselves of what it is we believe and who we are in Christ and the good news and power of that. Because when you get fatigued, I'm telling you, there are a lot of options. 1 Peter 5, 6, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. He says this, be sober, be vigilant, be of sound mind. Meaning, be aware. Be aware at all times. Be aware of what's happening around you culturally. Be aware of the spiritual aspect of the world that we live in and what you're hearing and what you're seeing and what you're thinking. Be aware because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in what? The faith, the hope of who we are in Christ, the hope of our future and eternity. The hope of his promises. Knowing, watch this, that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So he's saying, you may still be suffering. Remember, others are suffering for the word of God. We heard about that in great detail this morning. As Robert from 
the voice of the martyrs that spoke about the conditions and what it's like to be believers in other places where it's not allowed. And so, guys, there's going to be trouble. And why am I saying this? Because trouble is what creates fatigue. The resistance against you is what creates fatigue. And when fatigue sets in, sometimes we want to check out. And so Paul, I mean, Paul, but Peter was saying this. He's like, listen, y'all, you have to resist. You have to know that the enemy is out there seeking whom he may devour. And he doesn't devour you through suffering. He devours you by having you utilize the excuse of the suffering to misalign yourself with the truth of God. He devours you when you doubt and exit left or right. That's how he devours you. Because ultimately, he can't even devour you when you're martyred because to die is gain. So how does he devour you? He hits you at the root of the promises of God. He gets you to doubt it and he gets you to focus on yourself again and to be carnally minded. And to be carnally minded is what? That's how he gets us. And you know what? And he, The enemy can only be at one place at one time. And yes, he has his army Yes, he has a lot of help, but see, he works on a grander scale. He works by infusing himself into the culture so it just becomes this lie that we are surrounded with. And so he's given us the option of exit at all times, and he knows that the flesh, that the battle of the flesh is something we still walk through, right? So he's going to create truths out there that are not truths at all. He is going to surround you with deception. We have to be aware of this, you all, because it's getting worse and it's infusing itself. It's infiltrating the church. Did he really say that? Did did God really mean that? Because that doesn't sound very nice. That sure sounds judgmental and awful and non-loving. But where is that influence coming from? The world. And so what happens is, on a smaller scale, when we start to feel fatigued, there just may be one of the lies we bite up on. I call them me nuggets. Not McNuggets, <laughs> me nuggets. And whatever our old nature was, it's over there saying, come over here and take a bite of that. <laughs> when you just feel like giving up or you've just become complacent because life has become hard, right? There are difficulties and there's things that you can't control and there's disappointments and there's hurt. And it's not to minimize any of that. But if you allow it to separate you from the truth of Jesus Christ and to give up on sharing of the divine nature, then the enemy is winning. <laughs> John 16, 33 says this, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have what? In the world you will have what? Will. I looked up, well, it's will. I always say, Put that verse on your refrigerator. (laughs) You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have what? 
See, be of good cheer. It's okay. I have overcome the world. Therefore, you can overcome the world. You can overcome this situation. You can overcome this tribulation because I have overcome it. So therefore, you do not have to go back and revert back to who you were. You do not have to misalign yourselves with the truths of God. You can persevere through this knowing that he will be with you in it. That there's three guys in the fire, but yet there was a force that was seen. He didn't take him out of the fire. He was in the fire with them, and the fire did not overtake him. I'm talking about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Persevere. Some of you just need to hear that today. You need to persevere. You need to persevere. You need to persevere. And it's hard, but it's okay because he's overcome the world. And so it's not projecting way out there, but it's just taking each day at a time. It's like, Lord, help me walk through today as you would walk through today. Help me see as you would see, Lord. Help give me the steps. Help me know what to do. But Lord, I'm going to stay holy. I'm going to stay. I'm going to do my best to obey your commands. I am not going to turn back into this me, 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 me monster. I want to stay about you, 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 you. Because it's a real thing. Spiritual fatigue could take over. And the worst thing is when your fatigue becomes your state of life and you just become complacent. And you can track it back to one situation. Or maybe it's happened over time. But you start slipping. And it's not just an overnight slip. It's, a one, it's like a step-by-step slip, right? Who's ever had a New Year's resolution? Right? Did that just disappear overnight or was it a gradual failure? <laughs> two weeks in, right. So it still took two weeks. Let's say I want to work out six days a week. <laughs> you do that for a couple weeks. But then one, the third week sets in, you're sore. You're not necessarily seeing anything change. Things are getting busy. Like, All right, I'll just do five. Next week's, ah, I'm just going to do four. Five felt all right. Let's do four. If I felt good, four is going to feel great. <laughs> you see, then three. Why are you doing three? Because, you know, I was sore. I didn't like feeling sore, and I'm just busy. And the busyness, you know, obviously is never going to stop. But you made a choice earlier to, no matter how you're busy, you're still going to make time for it. But now you're using the excuse of being busy not to make time. I mean, you see what I mean? This is what happens because I've lived it. And pretty soon you're just like, Haha, I'll just watch people work out on TV. <laughs> but that's how our spiritual walk can be. Like you could, some of you can maybe be able to look back at a time like, man, I was on fire and I was doing all types of stuff. And I'll be like, what happened? I don't know. It just kind of, I don't know. It just kind of gradually disappeared because you got fatigued, you got tired. Hopelessness might have come in and started speaking things that were lies, and, and then you kind of bit on it. So I just want to read to you just a few verses here of what it looks like to persevere, of what it looks like to continue even when things may not be working out, or maybe they're working out, and you just got to keep at it. Maybe things are great. Keep at it. It's the same. It's the same. Because it's resist, resist, you know, stand firm, meaning you're always in a position. I'm, I'm always standing firm. I'm digging my roots deeper. I never know enough. That's a good thing. So 
Peter expounds on this idea of partaking of the divine nature. So he says, but also for this very reason, for these promises, giving all diligence. That means speed and eagerness and busyness and carefulness, okay? Diligence, giving all. I looked up all. <laughs> means all. Add to your faith virtue. So man, when things are going bad, when things are difficult, when you're getting tired, continue to pursue excellence as defined by the word of God. And goodness, you still pursue that. And what's the last thing you feel like doing sometimes when things aren't going well? Pursuing excellence. <laughs> Glorifying Christ. When you're plagued with worry and, that, and all, it's stuff that you can't control and there's health problems and there's this and there's financial problems or you know, loved ones are acting like idiots and you just can't stop them from doing so. You don't feel necessarily like pursuing virtue or it says valor. So if you don't want to do anything, then don't do that. I'm giving you how to be complacent. Don't pursue goodness. But if you want to persevere... You pursue goodness. And that's going to change day to day. And then to virtue, knowledge. And this is a type of knowledge that is head knowledge. The knowledge of who? God, because you have enough knowledge of yourself. When things are going bad, when you are overwhelmed, and you are tired and busy, how hard is it sometimes to pick up the word of God? <laughs> All of you. Oh, it's not hard for me, Russ. My alarm is the verse of the day. <laughs> is that even possible? That actually be a good idea. <laughs> But do you see what I mean? So in the face of feeling fatigued, and some of you may not even know you're fatigued, but as I give these qualities and principles of what it is to persevere, you're going to be like, wait a second, maybe I have come, become complacent. Maybe I am tired. How much knowledge, how eager are you to add knowledge of God through his word? Because you can never have enough. You need the knowledge of God. That's perfect, Zach. <laughs> or just listening to worship music. And guys, this is a big list, and we could go into each of these individual, but my thing is, I'm just going to get them all to you, so one of them is going to hit you. Knowledge, knowledge, not when you're tired. Knowledge, when you're tired. Knowledge, when you're tired. Church, when you're tired. Podcast, whatever it is. Fill yourself, keep going, stand firm in the faith. And it says, to knowledge, self-control. What? Who wants self-control when you're tired and angry? That's the benefit of being tired and angry. Daddy doesn't mean it, he's just tired. Like that's some excuse. I can be as out of control as I want. Why? Because life. <laughs> but we do it. And going back to the workout scenario, you just get to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm having a Big Mac. <laughs> Two of them. Why? Because I can. I need happiness. <laughs> How's your self-control lately? 
How's your self-control lately? And I mean controlling yourself according to the standards and the commands of God. There's a ton. So I can't hit this for you. All I can say is, you know where you give in. Means you're tired at some level. So that's one thing that you could pick up and look and honestly look at yourself and say, all right, this is going to be hard, but it's worth it. Because this is how I resist the lie of the enemy. This is how I stop him from devouring me. And it matters. And then to self-control perseverance. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Perseverance. How invested are you in your walk? Because it requires perseverance. Perseverance means you are pushing through all types of obstacles and things. How is perseverance? How is your desire for perseverance? And the perseverance godliness. And that is the quality of just being reverent towards God at all times. Your piety. How is it? Because you can add to it. Because it says continue to add these things, add these things, add these things. So meaning even if it's good, you could add more. (laughs) Which gives you a firmer hold on the foundation of Jesus. Your godliness. How often are you considering God himself present in your life that might change how you react to people? That might change how you make a certain decision because God is present in all things and a godly mindset, godliness says, okay, you're here, Lord. You're here. How would you have me act? How would you have me be? These are all the things that we can do to fight. Fight. Persevere through our fatigue. And this is what produces more and more of the reality of what? The divine nature, which is our greatest hope. The spirit of God living within us. And when we're tired, we doubt it. And we give a foothold to our own selves and ultimately the enemy and the lies that he is propagating. To brotherly kindness... To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Let those just hang there for a second. <laughs> because the ones you love and the ones you know, or your fellow believers are often the ones that can suffer from your fatigue. And just a couple more verses, because this matters, you all. I don't want to, I'm going back to this world and what is happening. And I just want to tell you, it matters. It matters. It matters because the world is spinning out of control into deeper and deeper darkness. It doesn't mean the light doesn't shine. It actually shines brighter. People need the authentic, the authentic follower of Jesus Christ. So I want to read to you this. 2 Timothy 3.1, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And let me read to you what perilous means. It's used in classical Greek, both of dangerous wild animals and of the raging sea. It's only other New Testament occurrences in the story of the two gathering demoniacs who were as savage as un- and untamed as wild beasts. And whom Matthew describes as so fierce that no one could pass that way. We're talking about a time that is so fierce and awful, and it's not nature, it's people. It's people giving more and more over to who I am, 
to the spirit of lawlessness. And this is the society as a whole. Society as a whole begins to embody this. And it says, for men will be lovers of themselves. You see, it's the exact opposite of the list we just went over in Peter, how he says to stand firm and how to grow as a believer, how to resist fatigue. But for the ones that won't, this is what it looks like. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its authority or power. And from such people turn away because they're dangerous. And he is saying, you know, Timothy, watch out because these are going to start coming into the church too. This is the perilous times. He didn't say earthquakes and fires and asteroids and war. No, he said people. (laughs) So you see, it's worth it because these people have a chance but they're only going to have a chance if they see the light of people truly persevering and glorifying Jesus Christ in their life at all cost. And this is the last couple verses. 1 John 4, 16. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come into flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come into flesh is not of God. That is saying they give Jesus Christ full authority. There is full submission to the will of Jesus Christ because he is God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. Do you see how this is all coming together? They speak as the world. They promote the lie of the culture which has been planted in there by the enemy himself. And what they say sounds really good and it tickles the ears. And it makes people feel that they actually have a belief in Jesus Christ, but they're actually just as separated now as they were when they didn't even hear of the knowledge of Jesus because it's not Jesus. We are of God. He knows, he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. And by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Yeah. Second Peter 1.8. For if these things are yours and abound, this going back to the list Peter just gave us, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge. You see that? The knowledge, the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning you cannot be swayed. You cannot be uprooted. You cannot be held captive by a false ideology. You will be able to discern the spirit of error for yourself as well as, as, well as for the people and the culture around you. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. You see, the more you dig in and the more you persevere, the more you know who you are. Persevere! It's okay to be tired. But press on. Press on. 
And at the end of the day, what do I want for you all? Why did I give this message? I want you to know who you are, to trust who you are, and to persevere by applying what we just heard. That's it. You don't have all that other stuff. It's big. You just take care of your spirit. That's all I want for all of us. Amen? Come on. And it's ultimately good news. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. That's russ, F-A-I-L-L-A-C-I dot com. Thanks for listening. And remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.